extravagant God, send your Holy Spirit to dwell within us so that we may have the strength and purpose to live out your calling this and every day. Now let the words of your scripture and the teaching of your son Jesus be a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, last week I mentioned that the Gospel of Matthew has five great discourses, or talks, if you will, discourse sections. Each one of them is followed by a narrative or story passage. The third discourse is basically most of the 13th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. It includes several parables as well as some explanations from Jesus about why he taught in parables. The word parable, by the way, comes from a couple of Greek word that, words that mean to throw beside. To kind of seem, uh, well, we get parabola from that same concept. But to put two things that are different beside each other. So parables use simile or comparison to teach. Now Betty's father, Vassar, who taught an adult Sunday school class for more than 65 years. He liked the definition of a parable as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Well, that that's a good description of the stories that Jesus told to instruct his listeners, but the one problem with that as the definition is parables don't seem to have just one meaning. There are several levels of meaning to many of them. The parable we'll read today is known as the parable of the sower. In fact, that's what Jesus calls it at one, at one point in our scripture. But if you look at the way he talked about it, he talked about it as the parable of the soils. So listen now for God's word for us today from 13th chapter of Matthew, starting at the first verse. Jesus went out of the house and sat down beside the lake. Such large clouds gathered around him that he climbed into a boat and sat down. The whole crowd was standing on the shore. He said many things to them in parables. A farmer went out to scatter seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell on the path and birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on a rocky ground where the soil was shallow. They sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it scorched the plants. They dried up because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorny plants. The thorny plants grew and choked them. Other seed fell on good soil and bore fruit. In one case, a yield of 100 to 1. In another case, a yield of 60 to 1. In another, a case of 30 to 1. Everyone who has ears should pay attention. Then Jesus talks about why he taught in parables. Jesus' disciples came and said to him, Why do you use parables when you speak to the crowds? And Jesus replied, Because they haven't received the secrets of the kingdom, but you have. For those who, who have will receive more, and they have and they will have more than enough. But as for those who don't have, even the little one they have will be taken away from them. That is why I speak to the crowds in parables. Although they see, they don't really see. And although they hear, they don't really hear or understand. 
what Isaiah prophesied has become completely true for them. And Isaiah had said, you will hear to be sure, but never understand. And you will certainly see, but never recognize what you are seeing. For this people's senses have become calloused and they've become hard of hearing and they've shut their eyes so that they won't see with their eyes or hear with their ears or understand with their minds and change their hearts and lives that I may heal them. Happy are your eyes because they see. Happy are your ears because they hear. I assure you that many prophets and righteous people wanted to see what you see and hear, but they didn't. And then Jesus explains the parable. Consider the parable of the farmer. Whenever people hear the word about the kingdom and don't understand, the evil one comes and carries off what was planted in their hearts. This is the seed that was sown on the path. As for the seed that was spread on the rocky ground, this refers to people who hear the word and immediately receive it joyfully because they have no roots. They last for only a little while. When they experience distress or abuse because of the word, they immediately fall away. As for the seed that was spread among thorny plants, this refers to those who hear the word, but the worries of this life and the false appeal of wealth choke out the word, and it bears no fruit. As for what was planted on good soil, this refers to those who hear and understand and bear fruit and produce. In one case, a yield of 100 to 1. In another case, a yield of 60 to 1. And in another case a yield of 30 to 1. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. In Christ's name, amen. So what kind of dirt are we? To a lot of people, dirt is just dirt. You know, there's the dark kind that we don't want tracked into the house that we have just swept, vacuumed, and mopped. Thank you. And then there's that white, gritty kind that we like to lay down on on the beach, the kind you can't ever quite get out of the car. <laughs> but wait, it's more complicated than that. I had the great advantage of having in my own home an environmental sciences student who has actually taken a course called soil science. So I have been tutored by an expert and the first thing she told me is that dirt is what good reporters get on bad politicians. <laughs> on the other hand, the particulate outer crust of our planet is not dirt, but properly called soil. <laughs> I can also tell you there are three major kinds of soil, sand, silt, and clay. The three kinds of dirt, I, I mean soil, are distinguished by their size. Clay is very, very fine, so it pack hard. Sand is relatively large and silt somewhere in between. But you see the soil in our parable came in four types. Now, earlier I said parables don't seem to have just one meaning. In a way, the parables of Jesus are riddles that prompt us 
They make you think. They make you ask questions. For example, they often have a surprise element or two. Well, just think about this story of the sower. Now, seed isn't cheap now, and it wasn't cheap then when Jesus told this story. So let me ask you, what kind of farmer would go slinging seed here, there, and wonder willy-nilly onto the hard-packed path, into the thorn-infested areas? Everywhere. It was no surprise to hear about seed that fell on the hard pan not growing. It wasn't a big surprise to hear that seed fell on the rocky area, sprang up and died off quick that much root. It was no surprise to hear about seedlings that grew up among the weeds getting choked out. But the surprise comes the seed that falls on good ground and yields far more than even the most ambitious farmer could ever hope for. Just tell me, what kind of seed would yield 30, 60, or 100 fold? But wait. If you think about it, the seed was the same for all three of the zero yields, too. It's the soil that made the difference. Now, our science students, all three or four of you, if science students would tell us that if this parable were an experiment, the soil type would be the independent variable, and the yield would be the dependent variable. You see, the seed is the same in each situation. The sower is the same. The soil type makes the difference in the yield results. So let's consider what Jesus said about the four soil types. Well, first, remember that on the hard path, when people hear the word of the kingdom and don't understand, it gets snatched away by the evil one. As Christian followers of Jesus, we need to help people understand the good news of the gospel. Many, if not most, people today see the church and the people of God as frowning, judgmental, hypocritical, unwelcoming people who want to inflict their rules on everybody else and take all the fun out of life. We need to do better than that. So secondly, when the seed was sown on rocky ground and you have the one who hears the word immediately receives it with joy but the person doesn't have any root their faith has no root they endure for only for a while so when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word Jesus says that person immediately falls away <laughs> you might call these fair weather Christians just the other day I, I heard about a Baptist in downtown Raleigh, who lived right next door to a big Methodist church. So in good weather, he'd walk a block or so over to the Baptist church. But in rainy weather, well, he was a rainy day Methodist. He went to the one night next door. <laughs> Sometimes faith is shallow without root because it's founded only on emotion, just a feeling that can easily pass. Sometimes faith is shallow and without root because, well, it's based only on some dry reason. Uh, one preacher wrote that, in fact, a Baptist preacher wrote that faith is not the intellectual process of assent to a proposition, but the intensely personal act of yielding up a heart 
to the living person, Jesus Christ. Jesus is telling us that Christians need to be prepared for adversity. And I don't mean just the challenges of everyday life, like air conditioning goes out or you have an overdue library book or whatever, but also when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word. On nightly newscasts, we have seen people in trouble or persecuted because of God's word. In some parts of the world, Christians have been beheaded on the beach. Just in May, Egyptian Christians were killed for going to church. According to the Washington Post, bombings in two churches in Alexandria and Tanta left 49 Egyptian Christians dead. And in June, another 30 were shot on buses that were going to a monastery, including an 18-month-old baby. The mother was shielding the baby in her arms, and they shot the baby in the heart. And how did they respond? The mother of that baby who was shot in the heart said, we forgive them. And she also said, I pray God touches their hearts and changes them so that they can see the right path. Well, trouble and persecution doesn't just happen in far off foreign lands. Remember, well, not so long ago, a young South Carolina man went to a ch church for a Bible study in Charleston, South Carolina, sat there and listened for an hour, and then took out his gun and killed the pastor and eight other people. And if you follow the stories after that, they, their message in response was forgiveness as well. So how strong is your faith? What will you do when trouble or persecution arises? The third kind of soil was, well, thorny. You sometimes feel like you've been sown among the thorns or the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choking the word in you so that it yields nothing. And then there's that fourth kind of soil. What can we do to be the good kind of soil with fantastic yields? The one who hears the word and understands, who bears fruit and yields a hundredfold or 60 or 30. And when, when Betty and I moved to our, our home I resolved to improve the sorry stand of grass we had, at least in the front yard. And after considerable back-breaking research, I discovered that our soil was about 85% clay and about 15% rock. And Betty thinks I underestimated the amount of rock. <laughs> it was, it was a, a medium ideal for growing weeds and moss, but a hostile environment for grass. Well, we were able to improve our lawn by means of what are called soil amendments, lime, fertilizer, and those rotted leaves that the experts call organic matter. <laughs> A power tiller and days of hot, sweaty, back-challenging work gave us loamy soil with tilth and, and just the right moisture retention. Not overnight, but eventually, we got a good stand of grass with a whole lot fewer weeds and no moss and good green fescue because 
we had good soil. So how can we improve our spiritual soil so our faith can put down deep roots, can avoid stunted growth from the rocks or avoid being choked out by the weeds? How can we amend our spiritual soil? Well, we can feed our faith with good habits, like coming to Sunday school and church. I know I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> but coming to worship together and to learn more about the Bible. We can also spend some time alone in prayer and in Bible study. Now, some like to do that with a study Bible that includes commentary and definitions and maps and other features to aid our understanding. Some like to use devotional or prayer books that help put our words, our thoughts into words, our concerns into prayers. I have one with me today. There's a Presbyterian preacher who went to New York City to start churches named Timothy Keller. And this one is called The Songs of Jesus. You know what Jesus' songbook was? It was the book of Psalms. And so he has a year of devotions based on the Psalms. There are many others. I know some, uh, Jimmy's got a good source on the online uh, devotions. So technology gives you the opportunity to find all kinds of things. I've mentioned before uh, a devotion site. It was set up for millennials, but us old folks enjoy it too. It's called d365.org, which is the a devotion for 365 days of the year. It has music if you like, or you can not have it. It has prayers and scripture and thoughts. But wherever you find some way of having daily devotion is another thing. Some find meaning in particular songs or hymns that move us spiritually as well as musically. Some find meaning in peaceful solitude listening for that still small voice. Still others practice spiritual disciplines. In fact, at the Presbyterian meeting in a few weeks, they're going to uh, teach us two or three, we have the opportunity to try out some of the uh, spiritual practices some people find rewarding. Uh, some of those involve scripture, some involve uh, movement, and there, there are other kinds of things to do. Um, and like our soil in our yard, not overnight, but eventually, you can find new habits that make you more attuned to the ways that God is moving both in the great world and in your life, more attuned to the needs of your soul, soul and the needs of people around you, more attuned to how God is leading in your life. And closer and closer to what that old hymn calls, Nearer, my God to thee. Thanks be to God. Go out from this place to sow the seed of the good news of the gospel and give thanks, for God will supply the growth. And now may you go forth in joy and be led back in peace this day and forevermore. Amen.